All right, Father, we thank you for your presence. Lord, we've not come to hear the voice of man. We've come to hear the voice of God. And Lord, you are here with us in this place. And you have a word, Lord, that's going to burn in the hearts of this great gathering and congregation of people. Lord, lives are going to be changed this morning to never be the same again. There will be breakthroughs take place, Lord, that people have prayed for and asked for for even decades. But Lord, today is the day. Today is an hour. This is a service of breakthrough, release, and answers, and the moving of your spirit, Father. So Lord, we thank you in advance for the mighty breakthroughs and miracles and answers that we're going to see and are going to take place in this service this morning in Church Unlimited, Rotorua. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said? There was a man aged 25 years of old and uh, he got, went to the doctors and he's diagnosed with grade four cancer. It's about as bad as it gets. He's given six months to live. He's in excruciating pain. As a Christian, he does the only thing he knows to do and he would just you know, reach out to God and believe for a miracle. So uh, what would happen? He'd go to bed at night. He'd wake up middle of the night in absolute suffering with pain, and he'd cry out to God. He'd pray and he'd worship and just reach out to the Lord. He said sometimes for 40, 45 minutes, maybe even more, the pain would subside, and he'd go to sleep. And so, uh, and then the button got up in the morning, the pain would be back again. So then he would go to bed the next night, same scenario, pain, wake up in the middle of the night, pray, seek God, worship. Pain would go and then he'd fall asleep. Wake up the next morning, the pain would be back. Well, after a number of nights, I'm not sure how many nights this took place, he wakes up again he's in, and this time the pain is unbearable. So he thinks, man, I don't think I can go on. And he makes a crucial decision. He says, no, I'm going to keep fighting. Some of you got to make that decision right now. You're going to keep fighting. Doesn't matter how bad it is, for how long it is, and how painful it is, and how depressed you are, you are going to keep fighting. Because if you don't fight, you've lost. But if you keep fighting, there's a chance you're going to get the victory. So he decides he's going to keep fighting. So he goes to bed again that night. He gets, as I said, he wakes up with his pain, worships the Lord. And as he's worshiping the Lord, he feels like this heat wave goes through his whole body like fire. The pain disappears again. He goes back to sleep. Wakes up in the morning. This time when he wakes up in the morning, there's actually no pain. So he goes to the doctor when he's due for his x-ray. They do an x-ray of him, and every trace of grade four cancer is gone in Jesus' name. He is the Lord of the breakthrough. There's more. So then what happened? It, with this particular cancer, all the bones would disintegrate. And so in certain places of his body, there would be no bones. When they did the x-ray, God had created brand new bones where those ones were actually missing. Is anything too hard for our God? I'm asking you, He is a God of the impossible. He is a God who can do anything. And, more, and what I'm sharing on this morning is He is, say it with me, Lord of the... Say it one more time, Lord of the... Okay, get ready for a breakthrough this Morning. I was in our 24-7 prayer room during three days of prayer and fasting a while back, and the Lord spoke to me, and He said, I'm not just the God of breakthrough. He said, I'm the Lord of mighty breakthroughs. He's going to ramp up breakthroughs to a whole new level. 
Watch out. Get ready to see things you have never, ever seen before in your life or in, in, in your city or in your workplace or in your family. God is about to do some truly amazing things. After God gave me that word, as if to confirm it to my heart, a man walks up to the reception of Church Unlimited and hands over at the reception desk a offering for $100,000. Thank you for whoever it was from here that came and gave her that. Give us a wave if that was you. Whoever it was, there's nothing too hard for our God. Uh, you know, man is, over, the, over history, if you think about it, mankind has made many amazing breakthroughs. You just think of, uh, you know, breakthroughs with the, um, the airplane. To think that you have three or 400 people up in the air. I mean, a man on the moon, that's a breakthrough. The computer. The iPad, the iPhone, you know, uh, research and, and medical science, breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough. God has wired humanity for breakthrough, and He's wired you for breakthrough as well. And the reason God has wired us for breakthrough, listen to this, is He knew that in the course of your life, you were going to face some things that were bigger than you. Some mountains that were higher than ones that you could claim or that you could conquer. Some valleys so deep that you think, I can't get through this. Therefore, God, knowing in advance what was going to happen in your life, He put in you an anointing and a spirit of breakthrough. He is the God of the breakthrough, and you are wired for breakthroughs. No matter what you're facing today, you can break through in that situation. Micah 2.13 says, The breaker Messiah will go up before them, and they will break through. The break of Messiah. Who's the Messiah? Messiah is Jesus. Jesus will go up before them. How many of you know that Jesus can break through all opposition? All obstacles, all difficulties, all problems. He can break through anything. Well, guess what? I'm asking you the question, where does that breaker live today? Right there inside of you is a breaker waiting to break out, waiting to break through in your life. The breaker lives in you. If you think about it, I guarantee you that in the course of your life, you have had a breakthrough already. It may have been at school. It may have been in your finances. It may have been in your marriage. It may have been in your family. How many of you can think back and say, yeah, I have had a breakthrough. Give me a wave. Okay, most hands have gone up. Guess what? If you've had one breakthrough, you can have another and another and another and another and another and another. Get ready for more breakthroughs in your life because that's what God wants to do. There was a time in Church Unlimited where there was all these wives coming with their kids and the husbands were unsaved. And it was a real hard job for the wives to come along on their own. And so as I was observing this as a pastor, I thought, we need to do something about this. So we began to pray and ask God for a breakthrough. We said, God, would you do something here? So we prayed and we reached out to the Lord. I remember doing an altar call sometime after that. And when I did the altar call for salvation, a man came forward to the front and I realized he was one of the husbands that we'd been praying for. A few weeks later, another husband got saved. A few weeks later, another husband got saved. And suddenly all these husbands, unsaved husbands, were giving their lives to Jesus. Why? Because we cried out to the God of the breakthrough. We said, we're not putting up with this. We're going to change it. God has given us the power by His Spirit to change circumstances in our lives. Another time many years ago in a church where there was all these beautiful young girls. 
But there was no handsome, good young guys. And it was quite a, you know, it's a common scenario that all the girls across New Zealand will tell you about. Single ones, that is. Some married ones as well, but they shouldn't be. Anyway. So the church started to cry out to God. And they said, oh, God, you know, send us the best, the most handsome, charismatic, intelligent, washboard abs. And then I got saved. <laughs> Some of you will get that joke when you get home, all right? It's actually a true story. It's actually true. That actually did happen. I'm not sure exactly how they prayed, but whatever it was, it was good. All right. God wants to raise up people with a breaker's anointing. Because we live in a broken world of desperate situations, people in chains and addictions and and problems and sickness and all kinds of stuff. And they need breakthroughs. And we need churches that have a breakthrough anointing, which Church Unlimited does have. But God wants you to have a breakthrough anointing in your life as well. And he wants people who can bring breakthrough to a region. Church Unlimited is here to bring breakthrough into Rotorua. We're not saying no one else can do it, but hey, we're going to be a part of bringing breakthrough and transformation to Rotorua. Because Rotorua, let me say and declare, belongs not to Satan, not to the devil and his demons. Rotorua belongs to Jesus. Jesus shed his blood for Rotorua. The devil did nothing. We're going to drive him out of town. That's not just noise. We really believe this stuff. We believe God's going to help us to do it. From the beginning, God established a principle of how to get breakthrough. It's found in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2 to 3. If you've got your Bibles, turn there. If you haven't, grab the Bible from the person next to you. Genesis 1 verse 2 says, The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. Maybe that's you today. Darkness all over your life, family, marriage, personal life. Darkness. That's how it was at the beginning. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So there's darkness. The Spirit of God's moving. Nothing happens. You've been in a service? Feel God's presence? Holy Spirit, nothing changes. You're thinking, God, you were there, but nothing happened. Watch verse 3. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. You see, friends, nothing happened until God made a declaration. Let there be light. It's been said that nothing happens in the kingdom of God without declaration. You've got to speak it out. You've got to speak it out. You've got to speak it forth and release something. And we're going to do that before we close out the service today. Church Unlimited has had a prophetic word. Not only will we declare breakthrough, but at times we're going to see it immediately. Breakthrough take place. And we've seen many breakthroughs over the years. Proverbs 18.21, life and death is in the power of the tongue. So we're made in the image of God. Tell the person next to you, you're made in the image of God. Some of them need to be reminded. They may not look like it, but they are. So made in the image of God, our words are powerful, right? God's words are powerful. You're made in His image. Your words are powerful. Our words are powerful to do good. They're powerful for good or for bad because Proverbs 18, 21, life and death, okay? 
in the power of the tongue. So your tongue speaks life or it speaks death one or the other. And uh, you create that atmosphere around your life by your tongue, an atmosphere of life or an atmosphere of death, and then you have to live in the atmosphere you have created. Uh Uh-huh. That you create for yourself and you create for those people around you as well. That's the power that God has given us to, to create. Now, some, how do I prove this is true? Some of you have been affected by words spoken to you as you were growing up. Like, you are stupid. You're dumb. You're ugly. You're not going to amount to anything. Why can't you be like your sister or your brother? I, I had words spoken to me as I was growing up, and I know the power of words. Those words affected me for decades. Decades. Because words have power. And God's created us so that we can make declarations through our tongues that bring release and bring breakthrough. So I ask you the question, what atmosphere are you creating in your home, in your personal life, in your marriage, in your workplace, in church, anywhere? What atmosphere are you creating? Are you releasing life? Am I releasing life or are we releasing Death, the choice is really ours. I have a grandson by the name of Zach. And, uh, you know, he goes through phases where he can be a bit of a rascal. And, uh, you know, be a bit difficult, a bit of a challenge and and different times. But I made a decision uh, when he was just a little boy. He's about five now. I made a decision that I would, whenever I saw him, and I still do it most, most times I see him now, or often when I see him now, I just say to Zach, hey, Zach, you are the number one best boy. And he's just been a disaster to his mum and dad. I said, hey, Zach is the number one. I tell his parents too. He's the number one best boy. Sometimes I'd look at me like, are you kidding? I just said, no, no, he is the number one best boy. And you know what that's done? As time has gone on, he's just got better and better and better. Because what was I doing? I was prophesying over his life. I was creating an atmosphere about his life. And God's picked up on my words and they're becoming a reality. You want to change a person around you? right there in your mouth. Start speaking, start proclaiming, start declaring, and watch what God will do. There was a culture uh, in, the, in the Pacific where what they would do is that men, fathers, would trade their daughters for cows to get married. Okay, a daughter for a cow. So it's a good deal over those days. So what they would do, if you had a, an average daughter, you'd get two cows for her. If she was above average, you'd get three. Exceptional, you'd get four. Not very good. One. So this man, he had a daughter, and uh, she really was not that flash. So he hoped that he'd get one cow for her. She was up for sale, as it were. One cow for her. There was a man on the island considered the most astute trader on the island. He was known by everyone on the island. And he went to the father, and he, he offered for that daughter, he said, I'll give you eight cows. I mean, four is a rare beauty. Eight is unheard of. The people on the island thought this guy has lost his mind. He's obviously not well, and, you know, he's made a big mistake. It wasn't long before this girl, one cow girl, was transformed into the most beautiful woman on the island because she kept hearing as she walked the streets, eight cow wife, eight cow woman. And what she heard transformed her life. 
You want an eight-cow wife? I've just told you how to do it. My point is this. Words are very powerful. But here's the question I've got for you today. How many of you are married? Okay. How many cows is your wife worth, by the way? I've decided my, cow th- my wife is worth a thousand cows. All right, so try and beat that. There's a couple been married for 50 years. Just unbelievable. Not common these days. It does happen, but it's not common. So they asked them, they said, man, this is incredible. How did you do it? They said, what did you do for your 25th anniversary? He said, I pulled out all stops. He said, I spared no expense. I sent her. We went to, we went to Hawaii. He said, I took her to Hawaii. They said, wow, it's just amazing, fantastic. So expensive. They said, what did you do for the 50th anniversary? He said, I picked her up from Hawaii. It's more than one way to skin a cat. All right. Just some marriage tips. I'm doing a marriage seminar this Friday night. Me and my wife are doing it, so... I'm not sure how that's going to go. It's, it's better if just one of us does it because, you know, we're probably going to have a few. Anyway, we're trying to work it out. So anyway, I sort of told her what I was going to speak on. She said, you can't speak on that. I was going to speak on listening, you know. She said, you can't do that. I said, well, what? So I, I tried another angle and she said, no, no. I said, but how about being helpful around the house? She said, you can't speak on that. So I tried, I tried about four different angles. She said, you, you can't. I said, what am I going to speak on? She said, just leave it to me. I'll do all the speaking. So let's look at how we're going to do this declaration thing, all right? You're great. Thank you for the response and feedback, except for one person who asked for feedback. I haven't heard anything from him yet. I'm still listening for you, buddy. All right, okay. (laughs) That's a private joke, that one. Okay, don't worry about it. So declarations. The first thing you've got to do is declare God's word. Declaring what the Bible says really is a key to breakthrough. See, biblical declaration is saying what God says. How many of you know the scripture where two agree is touching anything, it shall be done? So if me and Pastor Matt agree, hey, that's great. But when God and I agree, that's a whole new level. That's a whole new dimension. When you and God agree, when you declare God's word, it's when two agree, it is just unbelievably powerful. When Satan attacked Jesus in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, Jesus completely every time he came back to Satan and said, Satan, it is written. It is written. That's how we counted. That's how we got his breakthrough. When he's under attack, when he got his, got his breakthrough, he said, it is written. And every time we know that Satan fled. And that's one of the keys to breakthrough is being able to declare what is written. But the problem we've got in the Western world today is we've got a biblically illiterate generation emerging. And so they say 85% of Christians do not read their Bible Monday through to Friday, or Monday through to Sunday. They just don't read their Bibles. And so... My question is, you can't say it is written if you don't know what is written. And so what happens to a lot of Christians is the devil, they're sort of going about their day and the devil begins to attack their health. He begins to attack their finances, begin to attack their marriages. And then they remember that they were at Church Unlimited Rotorua on the, whatever day it is, September, the, what are we, 18, 18th? And they say, that's right, declaration. So they say, Satan, it is written. Satan, it, it, it's written. Can you hold on a minute? Say, oh, where's my Bible? Where's the Bible? (laughs) 
By the time they've found out what's written, they have been defeated. So my wife, a number of years ago, her feet got really sore. She loves, she's very active. She loves walking. She walks for miles, kilometers every day. She's got a cross trainer as well, and I watch her on the cross trainer. I said, can you do a few kilometers for me? And she always says no. She said, it doesn't work that way. I said, oh, okay. Anyway, so she gets bad, and that pain continues for a number of weeks. At six weeks, seven weeks, just can't get rid of the thing. And so one day she's lying in bed, and I said, let me pray for you. So I laid hands on her feet. And as I was laying hands on her feet, the scripture just rose up from within me. Luke 10, 19. I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and all the power of the enemy. Nothing may by any means harm you. I prayed into that scripture. And in a very short period of time, her feet were totally healed by God's power. Why was that? I declared God's word. God and I agreed on what his word said. But the only reason I could recite Luke 10, 19, it was in the reservoir of God's word in my life. So because it was in there, the Holy Spirit could bring it to the surface when it was needed to give me a breakthrough. There are a few things more important, friends, than becoming a person of God's word. Get this book into you. Get it inside you so when you need it, you can say to the devil, hey, devil, listen up, buddy. It is written. And that's one great key to victory in your life. So with the trials that you're facing today, what are your declarations going to be? Things will get worse. I won't get through this. I'm going to be overwhelmed. Or are you going to declare God's word? Romans 8, 37. In all these things, we are more than conquerors. Philippians, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If God be for us, who can be against us? We are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. What will your declaration be today in the midst of your struggle, in the midst of your trial? I'm just getting warmed up. We need to know God's word in order to be able to speak it out when it's necessary. Declaring God's word is such a powerful form of victory. Okay, the second one is this. Do you know declarations actually will determine your destiny? Your mouth determines your destiny. Second thing, prophetic declarations. In other words, declarations made under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So you're not speaking our words, but you're speaking words that God specifically gives us. So Isaiah 55, 11 says, So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. Shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please and shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. So contained in words that God speaks to us. I'm not just talking about the general word of God. I'm talking about a word that God speaks to you. Contained in God's word and in God's promises are the power of God to fulfill what he has said. His promises contain his power to bring it to pass. So there's a number of prophetic words. God has given church unlimited right now. Acceleration of expansion. A new era of conquest. Lord of mighty breakthroughs. On and on it goes. Momentum that never ends. In those promises of God is the power to fulfill them. 
So I don't have to make those happen. I just have to believe it. I have to pray into it, but I don't have to make it happen. I don't have to stress, strive, and struggle to keep this thing happening. No, we've got a promise from God. The promise has the power in it to bring to pass whatever God has said or whatever God has spoken to us. And uh, you can claim those promises that I've given you, that God has given Church Unlimited as well, because you are Church Unlimited. The promises are for you. Grab them, pray into them, and see them happen in your life. So remember Abraham? He's promised a son. Impossible situation. The guy's 100 years old. His wife's 90. Romans 4, 20, 21. What is his attitude? He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. Listen, being fully convinced that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. In the promise was the power to perform it. And a child was born. There's nothing more precious than promises from God. Ask him for promises. Bobby was raised in a Christian home. One day, he sort of wanders away from God and begins to, you know, fall away from the Lord. Rebels against God, rebels against church. One day, he just disappears. Disappears from out of nowhere. And the parents didn't know whether he'd killed himself, an overdose of drugs, was he murdered. For two years, he's gone. No sign of Bobby. Is he even still on the earth or is he dead and buried? One day the father's driving along the road, this crushing grip of frustration, pain, anxiety, worry, fear. Pulls his car up along the side of the road. He gets out of the car and he points to the north and he says, Bobby, come home. South, Bobby, come home. East, Bobby, come home. He doesn't know where Bobby is. West, Bobby, come home. Gets in his car, drives back home. Two days later, two days, knock on his door, opens the door, there's Bobby. He says to Bobby, what brought you home? Listen to this. He says, I was sitting on the front of a porch of an old shack on the edge of the Arizona desert, stoned on drugs. The wind began to blow. It grew stronger. He said, as it did, he said, Dad, I'm sure I heard your voice in the wind saying, Bobby, come home. I got here as fast as I could. Declarations, friends, are so powerful. They pierce the darkness. They do some stuff in the unseen world of the spirit that we don't see ourselves. The third thing we're going to do here is we've got to speak to mountains. Mark eleven twenty three. whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believes the things that he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. God wants us to speak to our mountains, command them to be removed. We have authority to do this. Remember Moses at the Red Sea begins to cry out to God, and God says, why are you crying out to me? You lift up your hand. You see a breakthrough in this situation. If you ever studied the prayers of the apostles and of Jesus, they're all very short. They're mostly commands. Like, arise, be healed, come out, arise and walk. 
Be cleansed. Can I suggest? Sometimes we ought to stop pleading and start declaring and prophesying and proclaiming the victory and the breakthrough and the answer. We have authority. I believe in praying. I believe in praying for long prayers, but I also believe in commanding. It's time to start commanding your situation. Be healed in Jesus' name. Come out in Jesus' name. Old prophet friend of mine said Jesus appeared to him in a vision one day, and he said, I'm, my people are not obeying me. He was very sad. Jesus was sad. And he said, Lord, what, what, in what way are they not obeying me? And he said to him, he said, they keep asking me to move their mountains. He said, but I've given them authority to move their own mountains. Don't keep crying out to God, friends. Now, he is the power behind your words, for sure. You can't do it on your own. He's the one who does it through you. But you've got to stand up and take authority in Jesus' name. Zechariah 4, verse 7. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you will become a plain with shouts of grace, grace to it. Speak to the mountain. Shout grace to the mountain. Many years ago in the church I pastored, there was a neighbor who hated the church, so he'd play music during services, during funerals, during weddings, he'd play music. He hated the church so much, he moved his speakers 50 feet up the lawn to the edge of the border, facing the church to be as much of a nuisance as he could. This went on for ages and ages and ages. One day a guest speaker comes through. He hears about the situation. God gives him this verse, Zechariah 4 verse 7. He gets the whole church to stand up and say, I want you to face that property. And he gets them to declare. He says, all right, I want you to shout to that Problem to that speaker system, shout grace. They all got up and they all shout, grace, grace, grace. Shout grace to the mountain. A few weeks later, the music has stopped. Then the property is put on the market for sale. Guess who now owns that property? Church Unlimited. I hope you're seeing how powerful all of this is. Grace to the mountain. I could, go, I could do a whole sermon on shouting grace to the mountain, give you example after example of breakthrough by shouting grace to the mountain. My final point is this. Declare blessing and God's call over others. Did you know that Jesus created new realities? God created new realities over people by declaration. He just spoke things over them. So he said to Abraham, who means exalted father, he said, you're, not, you're now Abraham, declaration, father of multitudes, father of nations. That's what he went on to become. He says to Jacob, deceiver, cheat, liar. Hey, you're no longer Jacob. You're now Israel, prince with God. He created a new reality over people through declaration. And you and I can do the same, friends. As we discern the gifts and callings in people and begin to declare it over them, we're going to release them into it. We can create new realities over people through the declaration of our words, the declaration of our lips. See, God will never speak to you like you're a loser. He won't. He will never do that. He won't even speak to you as you are today. He will speak to you as He knows you can be. He will declare your future of what his plans and his purpose are. Like Gideon, fearful, hiding away in that wine press with, you know, from the enemy. So the, the Lord turns up to him and says, to fearful, struggling Gideon, Gideon, you mighty warrior. What did he do? Just created a new reality 
over what he knew Gideon could be. It's not just a throwaway line, but he knew what Gideon could be. That's why we've got to discern what people can be. And then we prophesy, we speak, we declare over them and release them into it as the musicians would come and join me, please. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. I want to suggest that victory with your words is probably the greatest victory you'll ever win in your life. Maybe it's the hardest one to win as well, but it's a victory you can win. It's a victory I can win. As you make declarations, you create, write declarations, you create an atmosphere of breakthrough all around you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.